welcome in to the Fast Break Podcast. We are finally back. It's been a long winter break, longer than most schools, about six weeks. I'm your host, Justin Klemmer. Around me, usual four. Got Dominic Throngard to my left, Riley Haltom across from him, and then Matthew Selitsky over in the corner. Before we start with... Um, over in the corner. <laughs> over in the, the best for last. <laughs> um, maybe in the corner. About a week ago, Dayan Milojevic, assistant coach for the Golden State Warriors, passed away. And uh, many called him Deki. Uh, about 47 years old, guy from Serbia. Um, you know, played eight years in Europe, uh, really worked his way up to get an opportunity to coach in the NBA. And unfortunately, he has passed away. Um, it's just a reminder that, you know, today we'll be bickering, you know, we will be talking about basketball, but um, it's really just never that serious. You know, there's a lot more important things than basketball. So everything we're doing today, um, everything you think about when you think about basketball, it's all just for fun. And there are many things a lot more important than that. So just all our condolences today on the Warriors organization and all the other people affected because um, there are many. So with that being said, there is still a lot of basketball to talk about. Um, yesterday, Doc Rivers, he is now the head coach for the Milwaukee Bucks after they surprisingly fired Adrian Griffin, despite their record being a, 30 and 13, I believe, good for a second in the East. And Adrian Griffin, uh, first-year head coach, only only got about 40-some 40, 40 games in. And uh, Milwaukee management decided, okay, this defense is really that bad. It, it, they, were, they were 20th in a defensive net rating, um, which hasn't been good all year. Some point to the personnel, specifically Damian Lillard, as the reasons for that, but – um, Milwaukee saw it differently and, um, they moved on for Doc Rivers. Um, what do you guys think this changes for Milwaukee? I know we're not very pro Doc Rivers on this podcast. So is this a lateral move or what's going on? Well, you know, what rhymes with Doc Rivers? Second round exit. Chop liver. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Doc Rivers, uh, you know, if you look at his resume and you're considering hiring him, I don't know what on his resume would stick out more than Nate McMillan, um, than Jeff Van Gundy, than Stan Van Gundy. Um, I, I, I don't understand the move, which would make me think it was an entirely decision based on Giannis. I, I have to assume that that decision was completely um, his choice, um, as well as the firing of Adrian Griffin. But it also leads me to think two things. One... Giannis only has so much time left on this team. He wanted uh, to look at other options in the summer, so they got him Damian Lillard, so he signed the extension to be loyal. They brought in a coach that he picked. He did not like him. They fired the coach. They bring in the new coach he picked. We'll see how long that lasts. Bottom line is, this is an organization holding on to uh, uh, one player, essentially being put to held together by a threat because Giannis can only put up with this and be loyal for so long. Now, Giannis, in, in a sense, is kind of being uh, an asshole, but, you know, to a bigger extent, you know, loyalty is not what it used to be in the NBA, and, and Giannis is clearly upset with the way this team has played defense. With the loss of Drew Holiday, obviously, Lillard is not a defensive player. Um, so we'll see how long he lasts with Doc Rivers. More importantly... 
the addition of Doc Rivers seems to do nothing different than keep them right where they are. Doc Rivers has been known to not be a successful playoff coach. Um, he very frequently gets outcoached, um, both in the regular season and in the playoffs. I don't see a way that this team works out their problems now, which would make me believe Giannis is in Milwaukee for not much longer. Well, the GM, um, John Horst for the Bucks, he's done a good job so far building pieces around Giannis. I mean, he's gotten him to stay for 10-plus years, got a championship. I think this trade for Damian Lillard definitely extends um, how long he's going to stay. Well, extended it yeah. for the time being. Mm -hmm. And now we're right back at square one. We're right back where we started. We're almost to the point where we were in the beginning of the summer mm -hmm. where it was like, okay, this might be Giannis' last year. What, because this Because he was Brian? upset. Because he was like, okay... We just lost to the Heat. Yeah. We lost the year before. The year before that, everybody's willing to acknowledge that was COVID season. That was the year that was the easiest championship to win in NBA uh, history. I guess the Suns, yeah. Um, and he's acknowledged that. And look, it's not I, – I give Giannis credit because it's not like it's a matter of he's not – Holding his end of the bargain. Did you see though when he where he uh, said him and Dame were shocked to see Adrian Griffin was fired? I yeah. saw that. He has to say that. Yeah, it's absolute baloney. He, he loves Adrian Griffin. Yeah, we he saw him, him. We saw him dancing before last night's game. <laughs> I saw that was the happiest you gotta I've be, seen yeah, it. You got here. Dog was oh literally emoting on him. <laughs> That's insane. Like uh, I just there's a lot to look at here with this entire thing and just how this Bucks organization is catering to Giannis. And I mean, I wish there was a good nickname for Giannis, like Le GM, because he's really earned it probably more than Braun has. And, you know, it's, I don't know what more he wants really, because I, I don't think personally that successful basketball teams are created by a star player getting everything they want. Yep. Um, I think, I think it takes a lot of team effort, especially from the front office. So when the front office is no longer in control, it becomes a whole mess. But even if he went somewhere else, I don't know what it would take to make this guy happy or realize that he is uh, effectively being a problem right now. Well, I can tell you this. Freak. And again, this is this is bias, but it seems like as long as he's at the forefront of any team, he's going to continue to do this. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just primarily because he's been given too much power. Okay, you're unhappy. We'll go out and get Dame. That's not how you. That's not how you keep a player. You keep a player by winning with the team you currently have and not bribing the guy, which is what they've done. So they've given him power. They've given him power by continuing to keep his brother on the team. And this is where my bias comes in. There's one team, maybe two. I, I, I put the Spurs on this list. There's one other team in the NBA that if he went there, they're not putting up with this crap. Mm -hmm. You are here to play basketball. And you are here to win because that's what we expect of you. And, of course, that's the Miami Heat. I know. So – I, I think it's a matter of Milwaukee giving him too much power. I agree. And I know you're biased, but I really do think those are legitimately the only two teams right now that would be in that situation because coaches no longer have the power and aura they used to. NBA coaches come and go extremely quickly now. And that I, I can't really think of names off the top of my head besides Popovich and Spolstra that really command a ton of respect. I mean, Kerr can, but uh, not lately. So, 
there's really not a lot of coaches out there that are a front office thing. Like if if Nick nurse was still in Toronto, I would put Toronto on this list. Um, but he's not, and they have, um, the very heavy accent coach that I have yet to understand his language, Darko, but, um, I, I, I really believe that Giannis's days in Milwaukee are numbered. Fortunately for Milwaukee, he signed an extension. So any move has to be done by trade. It's not like he's leaving anytime soon. Um, and of course, the haul for Giannis would be something the NBA has never seen before in the NBA. Yeah, it'd be huge. Bucks now have three coaches under their payroll. Budenhoser, who honestly, they didn't really. I understand the the firing, but if you know you're going to replace him, you know it should have been somebody better than Adrian Griffin. I mean, you should have done more. Um, you know, a deeper dive in the coaching search um, to find a better guy than Adrian Griffin. You, if you're talking about those three coaches, you're you're essentially picking out the best of the worst. Mm-hmm. I well, mean, like Buda, uh, Griffin, Griffin is last. Rivers is probably first, and Butenhose is probably second. And this takes me to like when it happened. Matt and I have a friend, uh, a colleague that that we do uh, TV stuff with, Caitlin Gill. Caitlin Gill. Um, she is a massive Bucks fan, and. Oh. We send this news. We have a little group me chat. We send this news in there, and she's, like, celebrating. And then they, you know, we talk about, like, oh, what are the options past that? And, you know, they go and hire Doc Rivers, and she's like, give me the crash course on Doc Rivers. And they're like, well, he's known for blowing leads. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then she was like, oh. It's like, so it was like, maybe you didn't want Adrian Griffin in there, but what are the options outside of Adrian mm-hmm. Griffin? And it's like, yeah, Doc Rivers is probably an upgrade, but by how much? I don't know. Like, I remember when Matthew asked me, what do I think about Adrian Griffin? I told him, like, I don't know. Like, I haven't seen him in the playoffs. That's really when you judge a coach. So, um, do we feel any different about Milwaukee now, like, contender-wise, coming out of the East specifically? Here's the thing. Like, look at Doc Rivers' resume. All the way back to when he first started coaching. Orlando Magic from 1999 to 2003. Yeah, Trace McGrady could not win with that team. <laughs> he goes to Boston. He was given three first ballot Hall of Famers. First ballot Hall of Famers. That's like you, any one of us coaching the Golden State Warriors in 2014, <laughs> 2015. You're going to win. Yeah, I would, go, I would have a ring. You're going to win. Yeah. So you, you win one ring, right, from 2004 to 2013. You win one championship. You go to Los Angeles. You blow a 3-1 lead of the Warriors. You then go to Philadelphia, where you have the MVP. You have Tobias Harris. You have Tyrese Maxey, one of the better players. Hey, before that, we can talk about the Jimmy Butler team. With well, him. he didn't have them. That was that was Bruce. Bruce that was Thank you. Okay. He yeah. was on the Clippers before. Right, that, right. Correct. Where he blew the 3-1 lead. Right, the lead. So you go to Philly. Brian Blake Griffin. You get nothing done in Philly outside of a first-round exit. And and three second round exits or it's two second round exits. And that's Huff. Right. Huff, uh three two blown lead to the Celtics. So that's his resume. Now you're interviewing for the Milwaukee job. What is Milwaukee thinking? Like, what is it about that resume that screams, that's the guy I want to hire? So no, I don't think the Bucks are in any position to be looked at any different than where they are right now. I'm not going to say they're going to be worse. I think there's a chance they'd be better because I still think Doc Rivers is a better coach than Adrian Griffin. What about – right. right. But I wouldn't look at this team any different than the way I do right now because at the end of the day, Giannis is still coaching this team. 
There's another coach you're very adamant and negative towards uh, in the Eastern Conference. Yep. You're taking Doc or Joe Missoula? I would take mm-hmm. Jock over Joe Missoula. <laughs> I've said it time and time again. I think Joe Missoula is the worst coach in the NBA since Jim Boyle. Before that, uh, it would take me over a decade in him to coach that bad. All right. Okay, Matthew. Well, let's. Uh, maybe, right. maybe the plus side, though, is that Doc Rivers is a superstar manager. Like, because he, he has made superstars content in losing places for quite some time. I mean, look no further than the Clippers. And the one little thing I'll give him, too, is that the margin of error in NBA is so fine. The playoff run can be ended just like that. So he has blown leads, and it has been a terrible look, but it's really difficult to win in the NBA. Yeah, it's all it's hard because I don't want to speculate, but yeah, with the way this move went down and the timing of it and everything, it does feel like Milwaukee's front office their hand was forced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because why why else would you make this move at this stage? Just to have this, you know, mar- maybe marginal upgrade to Doc Rivers. I didn't know there were consultants in the NBA. He's been a coaching consultant since early December. For He's Adrian Griffin. For Adrian Griffin, which I didn't know was a thing. I didn't know they're out. To, they're allowed to get outside help. Like he was on their. He's been on their payroll as a consultant. I didn't know that was a thing. First yeah, of all, neither. but look, I could very well be wrong because this might be possibly most talented team he's ever had on both ends of the floor. You have Maybe, two yeah. first ballot Hall of Famers. You have a lot of good pieces in Connington, Middleton, Jake Crowder. Uh, who else? Am I missing anybody? Well, I'm not mentioning Thanasis. Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez, sorry. Brooke Lopez, runner-up and defensive player of the year last year. So you have a lot of good pieces. So I very well could be wrong, and they could win. Do I think they're going to deviate from their current course and finish worse than second seed? Probably not. They might finish first seed. They might finish third. But how will they do in the playoffs against an Eric Spolstra and the Miami Heat or a Nick Nurse and the MVP or Boston? I'm not mentioning Joe Missoula. I don't know. I do not know how they fare. Yeah. And we're talking about a middle of the season hire here where right. Doc didn't get the handpick of – you know, all the assistants and the staff around yep. them. So, like, I know it's not the same thing, but you take a look at last year. Nick, Nate McMillan is an excellent coach, coach of the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Midseason, he gets replaced by Quinn Snyder. The Hawks tumble the remainder of the year. And it's not, that's not because Quinn Snyder is not a good coach. Mm-hmm. Quinn Snyder is one of the better coaches in the NBA. Amen. That's a matter of you taking over a team in the middle of the year with a team that has a star player who's disgruntled and Trey Young at the time. And you have to somehow figure out a way to. You, Figure it out. Yes, yeah, you know, not they snuck into the playoffs, game. but they took the Celtics to six. But um, um, on that note of uh, Spolstra, the matchup they'll likely see in the playoffs. Um, Miami got a new guard, Scary yeah. Terry. Didn't give up much. An old cow, an aging Kyle Lowry, who I know you like, but has had a terrible month. Mm-hmm. Um, really shown his age. You know, that's a fat Sally salary too. I'm not sure how many more uh, years yeah, are on that. Fat Sally, yeah. I never, I. <laughs> Fat Sally is a new one. I meant I, 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 I really meant to say fat salary. I misspoke. Fat salary and a 27, uh, 2027 lottery protected first round pick. So really not much. I think it's a it's a substantial upgrade. What was your reaction when you saw that? What was well, first and foremost, I apologize for the immaturity of Dom and Riley, but um <laughs> I said salary. Um he, he, I think it's it's got the possibility of being the move Miami needed. It's tough to say because 
Miami has never really had outside of a Tyler Hero a guy that goes and gets his own shot in ISO and is very good at, at creating uh, off the dribble to the basket. Like Jimmy Butler has no problem scoring in droughts. He has no problem scoring in bunches. He has no problem giving the ball to somebody else for 15 minutes and then goes back to playing Jimmy Butler basketball. You know? Nope. So that's why I don't know how well this is going to work out. I think I give the Heat the benefit of the doubt because why would you not give Pat Riley and Eric Spolster the benefit yeah. of the doubt? So I, I do think it ends up working. And if it ends up working, look, I, I, I would have said this before because I think the Heat are better than they were last year. I, I don't think so. I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to be as good in the playoffs as we saw last year because that was unreal. But Miami could contend with anybody. I agree. And on that point of Jimmy Butler, the playoffs, I feel like we almost got um, uh, we kind of got robbed of his true self because that, that was there was a what an ankle injury bothering him, and he was clearly not in the same pair, game player. One of New York rolled his ankle. Yes. Josh Hart would rather exaggerate a call for whatever for whatever reason, but and he, he did not look that. like he did in the first series against Milwaukee. And and as for the Lowry move, it, it sucks because you can't look at a piece of paper and tell what Lowry does. You can't. Um, both on the court and off the court. The guy is an excellent playmaker. He's an excellent leader. People don't know how well he is uh, in pace. He's very good at tempo. He's very good at pushing the ball when the ball needs to be pushed and slowing it down when the ball needs to be slowed down. Um, that's that's his expertise. So uh, it, it does stink to lose Lowry. Some team will get him in the buyout market unless Charlotte trades him elsewhere. But if if the Rozier move works out, and again, I will never, ever pick Miami to go to the finals. I won't pick them to go win a championship. I won't do that because you can't pick a team that is so poor in the regular season. It's unethical to do that. But they can beat anybody in the NBA. Yeah, no, when this trade was made, I'm like, man, if I if, if it's Boston-Miami again. Oh, Boston's scared. I feel like scared. Beating them. Milwaukee's scared. Like, if you ask any one of these teams and you say, okay, who's the one team you don't want to play? I would be willing to bet they all say Miami. And it's not I because agree. Miami is the most talent. It's because you don't want to play the team that you have no clue how to game plan against. Yeah. You can't look at film and say, okay, this is how we play basketball. No, no, no. Because the Heat will figure out a way to go. Yeah, the dude. Man, there's so many um, fourth quarter comebacks last year in the playoffs. Oh, they're done. Miami's, you know, they're packing it. No, they're coming back. And they're really stealing the game. They did it all throughout the playoffs last year. Really, the past you know, three, four years. They've really been the, the last one standing in the East for a while now, Jimmy Butler. And now this new cast of characters, I think um, it is better than last year and is um, one of the better ones that he has seen. So um, I am fully on board on, on the Miami train, especially come playoff time. Um, any naysayers? Y'all, I don't think so. It's probably better yeah. you guys remain quiet about it. I think it's a solid trait. I really, I don't see a downside for Miami here, to be honest, just with what they have right now, it's a trade they kind of needed to make in one way or another. Yeah, and Rozier is the type of guy who's not going to get scared of the big moment. We saw it way back when for Boston, but um, he was putting up 23 for uh, a bad Hornets team. So I will say I'm going to miss the the Hornets announcer making those. Terry. Terry. I'm going to miss those beauties. a little bit. Two beauties. Well, now he's got leaky black, though. Yep. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Another trade that happened um, a few weeks ago. Uh, Pascal Siakam is now a member of the Pacers. They traded um, two 20, 
2024 first round picks and then one in 26 um as well as Bruce Brown and I think Jordan Orr got shipped too. Um uh, many people don't even know who he is. But um yeah. Uh th- this is a very good move for for Indy. Um Siakam fits them perfectly. He was one of the best transition scorers in the league, one of the most efficient and the Pacers are the best team in transition, mostly due to the fact of Tyrese Halliburton, his ability to push the ball, push the pace, and uh, pair him with a guy like Siakam. Um, I think this offense is going to get even better uh, defensively. Uh, Siakam will do much better than an Obi Toppin, I can tell you that. And uh, you look back on the offensive side, uh, Siakam, most of his career has played with a kind of boots-on-the-ground type of center. You know, Jakob Pertl is not exactly – known for anything but rebounding. And so switch him out with a guy like Miles Turner, a true stretch five. Uh, it's going to open up the floor for Siakam. Plus you got guys like Buddy Hill and, of course, Tyrese Halliburton and Benny Matherin around him. Should we take Indy any more seriously, or is this one of those moves that kind of sets him up for another move? Take him seriously. Take him seriously. They, they, they're the best offensive team in the NBA. Um, when it comes down to just look, if, like, if you're going to look at a stat sheet, they're the best team in the NBA offensively. But it's the norm of the NBA now to score 130, 140 points. Mm-hmm. And they can do that because they just have so many people that can hurt you on so many nights. And you add a guy like Pascal Siakam, who, again, is is not – you could look at the scouting report and, you know, hold him to 20 points a night and you'd be fine. But he's a very good playmaker. He's a very good rebounder. He's a very An good NBA defender. champion. Right. So – he he adds a, a a a missing piece to this roster, which was experience, which was leadership, which was championship caliber uh, quality basketball that they were missing um, to a bunch of young guys. So yes, I would say take them seriously. Now, would I pick them to go to the conference finals or the NBA finals? No, but would I pick them to take out a number one or two seed? You bet. Mm. I would pick them to be a tough out. You're not going to beat. Uh, Indiana in in four or five games. You just won't because they score too many too many points a game, and it, it's very similar to the team we saw in I think it was 2015 2016 when LeBron won the championship and the Pacers took Cleveland to seven games. It was because Stevenson Pacers. It's just it's it's just that kind of vibe in the sense that they're going to be a tough out. So I I, I do think they have the chance to take down a, a Boston or a Milwaukee. Um, but I would not pick them to win the NBA championship by any stretch. My issue is they're too streaky, though. I, I don't trust them enough offensively to be consistent night in and night out, and so that's where my questions arise with the playoffs. And then, obviously, the defense is solid, but it's not the best by any means. So when you have an inconsistent offense, it's going to make defense that much harder to stay in these games and stay in the game mentally. So that's my one question. Their, their defense isn't they, great. Their defense is not great. And here's the thing about their offense. Who cares? Because in the regular season, they just got to make the playoffs. Sure. In a seven-game series, they just have to be good on offense for four out of seven games. Like that's how you got it. That's how they're looking at it. Okay, we just got to score 130 for four games. You just got to outshoot the other team, right. which they're completely... That's why basketball going. is one of the better playoffs, because it's a seven-game series, and you only got to be good four out of seven games, which is benefits Pacers, which is why it benefited them in the in-season tournament. Yeah. Um, I, I need to see him, um, you know, host need the series. eye test. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, they need to push for that, that four seed. 
All right, moving moving on from um, Pacers and Siakam. Had some big performances in the past week. Joel, most notably, scoring 70. Um, absolutely majestic performance. I know he sometimes is, sometimes is hard to watch with his foul merchant tendencies. Yeah. I personally really cringe every time he falls to the ground. But uh, he really is um, one of the – he is the best scorer in the league. Um, it, and he's one of the best shooters in the league. At his size, it's it's, it's pretty crazy. His mid range ball is, is is wonderful, and uh, nobody can guard him. Um, did y'all see any portion of this game? And what do you think of Embiid overall? Uh, my thoughts ahead. on Embiid kind of go back and forth. Me too. I I'm back and forth with Joel Embiid. Because I don't like watching him, therefore I don't watch him. Why don't you like watching? Too many fouls. Slow game pace. Whether it's bad why, defense, why t- whether it's bad defense or tough, right. whether it's bad defense or tough officiating, it slows the game. I was gonna debate to make this comment, but I'll say it because I I, I do believe it. Joel Embiid is the most dominant player since Shaquille O'Neal. There is nobody that has been more dominant than Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah, I see that because it's the thing with Giannis is Giannis can't shoot. Giannis can't hit nah. free throws. Giannis will have five points sometimes, but you can't do anything about Joel Embiid. It's like watching Steph Curry back in 2014. Steph Curry's odd night was 25 points a game, right? Because he was in that mode and in that streak where every night it was just typical to see 35 to 40 points a game. Basketball and Joel Embiid, there's like, there's quite literally nothing you can do. Yep. You can't double team him. You can't speed him up. And his, his, his weight and his size and his IQ and his versatility and his footwork just makes him so good on the offensive end. He's clearly the MVP front runner. And in my opinion, you know, it's a different type of dominant. He is the most dominant player the NBA has ever seen since Shaquille O'Neal. Okay, I see that. I mean, these numbers are, are really crazy. 36, 11, 6 on 53. Four thirty-six. How do you feel shooting. about the Jokic comparison, though? What what is it about Joel that is more dominant than Jokic? They took it to Jokic. Well, Jokic is not dominant. Jokic is might be the most skilled. Jokic because wizard. Type. Jokic, for one, everything he shoots doesn't look like it's going in. Like it, true. <laughs> he, Jokic would rather shoot yeah, a dude. contested, you know, hook shot, and Joel Embiid will. Expense all of his energy to get an open look while Jokic doesn't care, you know, because if Jokic doesn't have a good shot, he's going to make the right play. He'll find someone that's open or move people around while Embiid is going to expense all of his energy on one possession to get the open look. He's very good at getting to his spot, which is why he scores so many points. Jokic is just the right player. And that's the difference between the two of them. Jokic makes the right plays while Embiid is just will. You know, so there are two different types of dominant. Uh, but if you're looking at skilled, yeah, Jokic is probably the more skilled player. Um, but, 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 um, Embiid's passing has come a long way. He, he's I mean, very good at uh, throwing it's throwing it to the open man off double team. It's a very good conversation. It really is. Who is better, Jokic or Embiid? It's a really good conversation. If you'd want to give the benefit of the doubt to somebody, you probably give it to Jokic because he's won a championship and Embiid has yet to see anything but second round. But, it's, I mean, it's a really close competition. He um, and there's nobody, by the way, that close to two. There's nobody close to two. like Tatum's not. 
Tatum, if you think no, Tatum's three, no American. Tatum's, there's nobody close. There's to no American close to that top five. Man. It's a it's a big man's ball game too. Now the it, the league has just shifted a lot to where for a while it was just guard ball because those were the people who could shoot the threes, and now big man started to shoot. They yeah, started the kids to... have been training. They've been working on getting the big boys to shoot, and that. The biggest yeah. difference too is not only shooting but passing. Yeah, with the yeah, remission of, to that. Remission with the of the uh traditional point guard has really um supplemented that very well. So yeah, Joel dropped 70, averaging 36 a game. That's crazy. If he scores 32, that's like an off night for him. It's absolutely ridiculous. This guy was trying to chase Joel's stats so so hard, so poorly that they ended up losing the Hornets. But you know, give it up. <laughs> 62 points for Cat. You you did it, but you still lost to the Hornets, and your coach called you out in a post game presser. Really crazy how you can have that good of a performance, but then that um, like such a great performance, but then such a bad like uh, uh, response to it from your coach. Can I tell you something: if Cat had scored seventy and they had won, we would still talk about him being more. And that <laughs> yeah. just comes down to people don't like Cat. I don't like Cat, but I mean the overwhelming opinion is. Kyle or Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns is not a well-liked player in the NBA by both players, coaches, administration, and fans. I mean, he's just not a fan favorite. Well, I'll tell you why. It's funny because I don't like, well, I don't really like either of these guys all that much, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I don't love Joel Embiid, yeah, but it's like. I, I respect the hell. And, I, and trust me, I hate Jokic, but you can't not acknowledge just how good they are. Like, yeah, I, no, I, sure. I would have told you last year before the Heat played the Nuggets in the finals, yeah, Jokic, Jokic is top five player. Like, he, the Bam, same, same size, same weight. Bam will stop him. Like, Bam will show Jokic something he's never seen. And I ate my words. Jokic is something I've never seen before in the NBA. So you have to acknowledge it where greatness comes. That's what great players do. They prove you wrong. Um, yeah, I'll tell you why. There's all those clips of Cat just... Well, first of all, just talking weird. And he is known to just have the most atrocious fouls um, defensively to get him subbed out of the game. So he ends the game with nine points in a playoff game, in a crucial playoff game. Um, and he's also just like the clear number two now to Ant Edwards. Everyone loves Ant. Oh, and all, so good. All, all of his mm-hmm. antics. And uh, yeah, Cat is, yeah, you're right. He, he really is the forgotten one. And, he went to Kentucky too. So all the more reason to dislike him. Yep. I'm and, adding that to my list of bold statements to make later. And uh, yeah, uh, of course he has a list. A list of bold statements. I have a list. Head uh, head coach for the the Timberwolves, Chris French, called it one of the most mature performances he's ever seen from the team. From the team, and but that's because like throughout the second half, third quarter, Mm -hmm. fourth quarter, they were like refreshing the the box score of the Sixers games to Sixers game to see how many points Embiid had. And uh, yeah, they're force feeding the ball to Cat, and it it led to Cat getting benched. Between like that five to three minute mark in the in the fourth quarter, I was watching a little bit of it, and I don't know that that, that was hilarious. And of course, it happened to Cat. Um, around the rest of the league, um, there's been a lot of shiftings in the standings since we last talked, and I don't think anyone has had a flip on the narrative more than the four new four seed Los Angeles Clippers uh, started zero and five with Harden. We were on here talking about yeah, of course it doesn't work. I mean, you know, there's only one ball. You know, that was kind of the premise of our argument against this new look Clippers, but... Not what I said. What'd you say? I said that give them time. They'll figure it out. <laughs> hmm? like, like I said, I the same thing I said, that, I said the same thing I said to Riley before. 
it's a good thing we do a podcast because it's all on tape. It is. Give them time and they'll figure it out. And that's exactly what they did. They exactly. lost so many games exactly in exchange to win so many games, which is what they're doing now. Yeah, it's really just kind of like a – it just says a lot about Ty Lue. I mean, he is known as the – He's a great coach. Mr. Adjustments you know, great at, at halftime. And, you know, you could, if you think about the, the season – little halftime that they had you know after the bad start to what they are now it's just like wow look at Ty Lue go so 25 and 7 since the 0 and 5 start the month of January they are 9 and 2 um they have five guys I believe shooting over 40 percent from three and that would be um obviously Paul George Kawhi Amir Coffey wait no Amir Coffey would be the six uh it's a low sample size Kawhi Leonard Paul George James Howard Harden Norman Powell and uh, it says Daniel Tice. Okay, so there's really three guys shooting, four guys shooting over forty percent. We got a fifth one if you want to include Amir Coffee. He doesn't shoot that many. Doesn't play that often, but yeah, they got some absolute snipers. Shout out Norman Powell. You know, potential six man of the year, the bow legged sniper. You know, thirteen off the bench, shooting forty five from three. Kawhi Leonard. He, you know, he looks like the Kawhi Leonard we're all used to. You know. Um, reminding us of how good he really is, how he can be low-key, the most dangerous man in the NBA. Um, couple his uh, offensive skills, especially in the mid-range, with his defensive ability. It's, uh, it's a nightmare for other teams to see. And he's shown um, he's shown out you know, in big games. And uh, defensively, maybe not you know every, every possession he's locked in. Um, you know, he is like 33, 34, but he's still shown the ability to turn it up when he needs to. And we saw that last year against the Suns. So um, have we completely flipped on the Clippers? I have. I don't know where yeah. you were before, but. Well, at the beginning of the season, before they made the trade, I had picked the Clippers to possibly win the championship. They're my dark horse to win. Yeah. Um, And obviously after the trade, it was hard to kind of put them in a place to be successful after you start 0-5, but. Their success is a result of three things. One, they're healthy. That's where they have not been the last two, three years. They've not been healthy. Um, yeah. Two, Paul, uh, not Paul George, uh, James Harden, Russell Westbrook have accepted their roles. Oh, yeah. James Harden's usage percentage is at all. James time. Harden. He's swinging the ball, doing catch and shoot threes. That's like the one of the biggest trends from this. James game. Harden is not the number one on that team. He's not the number two. And at times, he's not even number three. Um, so, He's accepted the role, and Russell Westbrook has also accepted the role that he does not need to shoot 20 shots a game. He doesn't need to shoot 20 field goals. He needs to shoot 5 or 10, make the right plays, play make, all that good stuff. And lastly, I I, I think it really is important to note that this is a team with as much depth as anybody in the NBA. So having that and having— Something that all of us thought that they lost after that trade. Right. After you lose Nick Batum, you lose Robert Covington. They got Powell. They got Tice. They have a most underrated center in the NBA, in my opinion, in Zubac. Double-double. This team is, again, very similar team to the Pacers, but better, in my opinion, because they have defense. Um, They're a two-way team. They can beat anybody. Oh, yeah. They can beat anybody. Oh, yeah. And you look at the West. Oh. Actually, I'm gonna save this for later. But I, I guess not since nobody has anything to say. Well, Look, I, I got go ahead to say. I was just gonna say I think the biggest thing with Harden too is when you look at the Clippers and you think about their health, 
having a guy like Harden on the floor is going to really help out the load of Kawhi and Paul George because these guys aren't going to have to do as much work with such a threat like Harden on the score on the floor being able to score, especially with what those guys bring on defense. Harden really helps alleviate a lot of the stress that this team had before having to work harder than the other teams. Now it feels like it's just a lot more comfortable for them. Yeah, absolutely. And um, in the month of January, their offensive rating, number one in the NBA at 126, and their net rating is uh, is 10, which, is, which would be fourth. So they're absolutely one of the most talked about teams right now, and for good reason, and they're coming for that one seed. But the other team coming for that one seed is the Nuggets. They're now the three seed. They're 8-3 January. Um, Jamari Murray was out for a little bit, but – you know, he's back now, and the funny thing about him, he really doesn't play up to his up to his level against, you know, Pistons, Wizards, Hornets. When he plays that big team, when he plays Boston, you know, on ABC in Boston, he shows up, and it's been like this for a while. Jamal Murray is, like, one of the only players who only shows up for big games, and I think it's hilarious because there are a lot of players who, I'm not going to say stat pad, but get a lot of their big games against, you know, the meddling uh, teams in the East and whatnot. But not Jamal Murray. Him and Jokic are the same duo that we saw in the finals in that game against the Celtics. I don't know if y'all – did y'all watch that game uh, last weekend? The game in Boston? Uh, Nuggets Boston? Celtics? Yeah, Boston. Yeah, that was a great game. That was like a playoff game. It was right. amazing. It was amazing. Um, All teams kind of, uh, you know, played their – there was no low management that game. They played their all their players. They're all healthy. Um, very interesting to see how Boston defend Aaron Gordon, which they really just didn't. But his defensive um, ability ended up keeping him on the floor, which is another interesting thing for the Nuggets. Uh, not really known as a defensive team, but when they need to, they will pick it up and play fantastic defense. Um, and it's really a shout out to Michael Malone. I don't think their personnel is the best, but the rotations are. Um, lovely to watch, and th that last five minutes against the Celtics, they really just shut them down. So the Nuggets are still exactly who we think they are, um, and they're only half a game back from the one seed right now. That belongs to the Young Thunder and the Young Timberwolves. Um, also, there's the Suns who won seven straight. I don't really want to talk about yeah, them. Yeah, I have one thing to say about them, and that is, I stand by my prediction at the beginning of the season. They will not win as long as Frank Vogel is their coach. Okay. And those three players, as your three best players, there's only one basketball. And there's only 48 minutes in a basketball game. They can't win. Well, this is, this is what I was going to say about the West. Outside of, like, I say the Nuggets and the Clippers, I won't be surprised if any team loses in the first round because I think all these matchups are juicy. Like, you, you look at uh, Minnesota, uh, who hasn't won a series in, in so long, it feels like. They always disappoint. Um their biggest win in the past 10 years is that playing game. It just seems like unless you're the Nuggets, every team between two and nine is a tough out. Yes, like exactly. They can beat anybody, you know? Yeah. But primarily, like you look, look at the Thunder. It's, the their, it's their youth, the fact they don't have any behind, anybody behind Chet. And if they're matched up against, like, the Lakers, I mean, that could go either way. Even the Mavericks, it could go any way. Minnesota, I mean, against the Pelicans, that could go any way. Um, I would take the Nuggets first round over, I guess it would be the Kings. Well, this is an updated. It would be the Kings. Yeah, absolutely. And then Clippers, Suns, it's a tough one. 
But that would be so fun because of all the star players in that game. I don't like all this bad stuff you're talking about the East while the Knicks and Cavs are. Bad stuff I'm talking about the East. What do you mean? I'm not. You're saying how the East, do the people take advantage of the team? Yeah, the yeah. East? The Hornets, the Pistons. Um, okay, what about the good teams? The Wizards. The East has. Yeah, a, I know. The but... East has a big bottom of the barrel, though. Yeah, like that's the, what I the, mean. The like, top teams are really good, but the bottom of the barrel is wide there. And I'm getting to the I'm getting to the East. Let me get there. Speaking of the East, yeah, the Knicks. Let me get there. The Knicks are the best team in the NBA in the month of January, ten and two. Not only um the best record, but the best defensive net the, the best defensive rating at um what is it? One oh four. Ah, I love it. It's been great since the OG Ananobi trade. Um we went from the thirtieth 30th in defensive rating in the month of December. A large part of that was Mitchell Robinson being out. Um, he's still out. You add OG Ananobi, best defense in the league. Um, we played Miami this weekend, I think. I cannot wait for that. And uh, yeah, national television. It's ABC. ABC, but it's not the it's not Mike Breen on the call, unfortunately. No. Um, it's like uh, Dave Pash or something. I will say, with Doc Rivers accepting a coaching job. It is nice to not hear his voice on the air. It is nice to get him. <laughs> I thought, yeah, good. I think he brings a good perspective because I think Doris Burke does a great job. Yeah, I love Mike Breen. How can you not? I was really upset when ESPN chose to fire yep. Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson, and they're not considering bringing them back. Right, but so. I would be okay with just Doris Burke and Mike Breen. So maybe if you add like a JJ Reddick, oh, I'd love That's it. what I was thinking. Of. I like, would are they love add a to add JJ Reddick. If it's in-house, it'll probably be right. JJ. JJ right. Reddick is like the Pat McAfee of basketball. Like, that's how I feel about him. Like, the young crowd is going to love him. That's a good comparison. He's, he's a good comparison. He's a great comparison. Their, their, style is way, their, their style is way different. different. He's more different, like, but you know, he doesn't have right. a tank yeah. top on. Not many people do. Reggie Miller would be another great one. I personally don't like Richard Jefferson on the air, but I make. do. I do personally. Um, well, well it's because you feed into sometimes. the entertainment of it. I True. don't like his I, entertainment. I, yeah. <laughs> I I like him less on air and more like content creation type stuff. So I, I do get that part of it. But I, I love Richard Jeff. I think, I think he's hilarious. everybody that listens to this podcast thinks me and you hate each other. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> no, our but it's like not the truth. It's not the truth. We don't yeah. hate each other. Or at least I don't hate him. He might hate me. Just disagree. Just disagree on ball. Yeah, it's just ball, like we said earlier. It's all fun and games. Uh, Hubie Brown, you know, give him consideration. He's, you know, 87. He deserves maybe the... Should have been fired about four years ago. Whatever happened he's to David smart. Aldridge? I love uh, He's still, you know, he's just getting skipped on those two games. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's still worked for ESPN, but we don't know. <laughs> he just keeps getting skipped. I don't know. I think he worked for TNT, but who, who knows? Let's talk. Let's go back to the on-court product. Uh, the Cavs are sixth seed in the east 82 this january they have had every reason to you know fall out of uh, the top six you know because mainly because garland has been out since december 15th mobley since december 7th but donovan mitchell has really um picked up uh the load over there um and then they've had guys like sam merrill dean wade step up it's been really interesting to see um shout out to uh, david jb bickerstaff for uh, keep holding them together you know, Karis Levert's been good. Jared Allen has been been very good, um, averaging a double double right now. Struess, uh, he's he's been inefficient, but you know, high volume. He's still hitting. He a will lot of, continue to be inefficient. <laughs> I promise you that. He's still hitting a lot of threes. Uh, George Niang, their new signing, sucks. Nicknamed the minivan, sucks. 
I don't think he's very good either, but he has been has been playing well. On my, he's on my top five he list. Comes Gonzaga. You guys have heard my top five list, right? Of most hated players in the NBA. Uh, Let's run through. No, but I know one of them's Thanasis. Cody Zeller, or is it yep, Tyler? He's on there. Cody. Yep. Um, so it's Cody. Thanasis. <laughs> George Niang. George Niang. Um, uh, Solomon Hill. No, not Solomon Hill. That's an interesting one. Just because he broke with the Lopez brothers. Both of them. Still- Splash Mountain. So what? Uh, we have four. Yes, they, they're, no, they're both. They both count. They count as one. <laughs> My fifth pick, and it changes every once in a while. Davis Bertons cannot stand him. Really hate him. Hate is him is it because of his fingers? Um, oh wow! It's because he looks like the one he's playing he the wrong like sport. Finger, but his ring. Oh yeah, like just, the yeah. Green thing. The second reason I don't like him is because he just seems to. Feel the need to wake up and score forty every time he plays behind the Heat. Real quick though, on uh, Prince was nine for nine against the Knicks on three last year. I found out what happened to David Aldridge. Uh, he left. I Turner. looked it up too. Yeah, I looked it up too. <laughs> I was interested. He left Turner Sports. He's now a writer at the Athletic. Yeah. So, so unless cool, uh, cool career move for him, honestly. Like I, I guess it. he gets to stay at home more with the family. Good for. No, he's Aldridge. still. I that was that was one of the funnier things I've ever heard. Seriously, that was really funny. He, you, he still works for ESPN. We just don't know it. Because ESPN <laughs> keeps skipping him. Yeah. <laughs> well, he works for TNT, but um, so of course, you know, it wouldn't be a basketball podcast without some discourse about the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> I think last time we were very high on them because they had just won in season tournament. Since then, they are eight and fourteen, still shooting the, you know, just terrible shooting from downtown. Um. You know, for a roster that I thought was the best Lakers roster LeBron has ever had, I have been way wrong. Um, I don't think they're as bad as the record shows. I think they showed a lot of good things in their in-season tournament run. But uh, definitely a lot of problems here. What do we think the biggest one is? I I called this. I told you guys the Lakers would be not that great, and they'd finish in the lower half of the Western Conference. They'd still be in the playoffs, but... I very vividly remember trashing the Lakers and I, I made sure to throw on my Los Angeles Dodgers hat because there's only one team in LA that matters. Go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. But uh, no, the Lakers, they just, there's a lot of personality clashes with the Lakers. I, I'm not a fan of how they operate. Yeah, no, he was very anti-Lakers. Yeah, you were very anti-Lakers before the season. Hey, I swore before we got on this podcast today, you were like, I said the Lakers were going to be good. No, I, I said... No, because we, gonna... we were going at him. Oh, we going. I see what you're saying. He we, said well, that before we got on the show. He said, I thought the Lakers was gonna, were going to be good. You heard that, no, too, right? I'm not crazy. I... I know what I said, and I said they were. I don't think you did. I don't think you did. I swear to Christ. Well, on, I on, my, in the early, on my kids' life, the I don't have kids. On them. did say they would were going to be bad. No, oh, no dude. Before, whatever he said. No, yeah, before the God. season. Fine. I, I remember. Yeah, we're talking about. I remember being weirded out because I was like, "Why? Why did he just say he agreed with me earlier on?" Because I, I said. I told y'all the Lakers were going to be trash. And then you're like, oh, yeah. But that's I, not I what you that said before. To be, it is. 35 minutes ago. Or yes, it, it is. Riley, what did he say? <laughs> I don't think he's. You, don't, you didn't say that. I swear to God. I think you I misspoke. Did. I think you misspoke. But you said, I thought they were going to be good. I told you. That's what you, that's what you said. And that's probably why it was like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. I, I probably they're mumbled. Under- I probably mumbled. I told y'all they weren't going to be any good. Yeah. It, I probably mumbled. Maybe. I'm sure. 
Yeah, because me, me and Matthew were going in on you. Like, yeah. What do you mean? No, nah, so, but yeah, I, I stand by my Lakers take uh, that I did make. Like you said, we can check the tape. But no, we can't. No, yeah, because we're it was before. Yeah, we're we're talking talking about about air, right? It was, <laughs> no, we can't check the tape. Let's just say you misspoke. But, uh, but yeah. If I'm, uh, you know, Palinka, he's probably on the phones right now trying to make Who a trade. That's what they do. It's they're gonna be just as bad. Really? Because yeah. we, me and you, we're high on them. I am still the high year. on them. How you can you think... not be high on the greatest player in the NBA? But it, it it's tough to root for a team that continues to get put on national television, television, and continues to lose. Yeah, you know, Austin all, all they do is just they trade, they trade, they trade, they trade, they trade, they trade. They never have any chemistry. Right. It's just a, it's a revolving. What door. they need to do is fire their head coach. They need to fire. They yep. need to Mr. clean house. They need to clear the entire front office. Get competency in there. See, that's an excellent example of. There is one player in the NBA that's allowed to have as much power as he wants, and it's LeBron James. Giannis Antetokounmpo does not command that power. <laughs> so the, uh, the the Bucks should have done what the Lakers did. Okay, Giannis Antetokounmpo, you're unhappy with our coach. Still a free man. You don't like your coach. Well, we're sticking with him until at least the end of the season. The yeah. Lakers have stood by their coach. Have said we're not firing him. Um, and obviously we've heard the, uh, uh, disapproval of LeBron James and other players, but this is, this is the, the fault of the Lakers. They really Lakers, Milwaukee should have switched to the front office because things could have worked out a lot better. Yeah. Darvin Ham was a buck before he was a Laker. Um, yeah, just, is there a trade that makes this team no. back as no. serious? Kendra, I agree with that. No. Um, but what are they going to do? They're going to make it's some not that they won't be good. It's that there's not enough time to create enough chemistry that's going to win this team an NBA championship this year. Yeah, and there never, there never is. Dom said it best. They trade and they trade and they trade, and there's never any chemistry. Retain the wrong guys. And they, trade and they trade, and it's a revolving door. Should have retained Lonnie Walker. Well, That's you, a big... you, you don't know who they should retain because they they never give them time to flourish on the team. So they're training guys before, and who knows? Maybe Listen, they wouldn't they flourish every, if they stayed on the lake. They had every reason to get rid of Malik Beasley. He was He's shooting 46% right now, but he was like 35 with no defense in L.A. But um, I'm not going to continue to stick up for Malik Beasley, but you're wrong. <laughs> you learned his lesson. <laughs> no, I didn't learn my lesson. Malik this Beasley be, is one of the better two-way players in the NBA. This would be part three of our Malik Beasley Malik Beasley, I believe, is going to be in the three-point contest this year. Yeah. Um, and I yeah, think he, he should be. He's he could certainly like win. The best. It's crazy. He could certainly win. And by the way, if there was a defensive competition, he could certainly win that too. And I certainly believe I can't change your mind, so I'm not going to get in, get in, get in there. Um, yeah, there's been they've been linked to Dejounte Murray, Zach Levine, just about anybody really. You know, Caruso, literally um, Bruce Brown, um, anyone but who they have right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So a move is coming. Who knows what it's going to be? But um, now we go back to um, a segment that I introduced in the past, Open Floor. I think it's called Floor is Open, but rebranded to Open Floor now, um, where we just talk about <clears throat> you know something that's really excited us. Been getting us excited. I would like to go media. last. Okay, for sure. I'll go first. I'm um, talking about OG and Obi um, earlier, but man, it's so much fun watching these Knicks um, with this uh, defensive player of the year candidate. Right now, he's third on uh, you know betting odds. Rudy Gobert is by far the favorite. He's like minus two ninety second. I'm not sure who it is. It might be Bam. Not sure, but OG Ananobi is third, and for good reason. Can guard one through five. Um, guards Embiid one night. Tonight, you know, you probably guard Jokic. 
Um, guards and beat on one possession. Why do the Knicks play the Nuggets tonight? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which that's a great which, matchup. Which is another point. I know Celtics Miami is on tonight, but yeah. I think everyone should get a free pass, free trial of league pass, and watch the Knicks take on the Nuggets tonight in the Garden. It's going to be a great matchup. Um, we were two and zero against them last year, and uh, tonight, you know, we're the hottest team uh, in the month of January. So it's going to be great to see. It's a lot of fun to see this new looks Knicks. These new look Knicks play. It's a lot of fun to defense. see them win, but nobody wants to watch OG and Anobi play because he's not like he's not he's not pizzazz, yes. you know. Oh, he's not absolutely. a job. But nobody, worthy. nobody understands how good he is. Yeah, I mean. He that trade could not have worked out any better. Now, of course, you lose RJ Barrett, and that sucks. It was very emotional losing the young guys. OG is is as good as anybody when it comes to a two way player, um, and he is the perfect player for Tom Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. He's been playing him like forty plus minutes. The perfect player for him. Some Took stretches. Right on that and you know, if the Knicks weren't a contender before, which I believe before they were at the bottom of the contending list. Yeah, they are now. They are certainly in the contending list. Oh, I'm glad I don't have to argue for that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Knicks can the Knicks can beat anybody. And and the thing with the, the teams like the Knicks, I see the, them at Miami very right. similar. Very very. Well, similar. here's the thing with the Knicks and the Pacers, and I think the Heat are different because the Heat we've seen it and they've proven that they can beat anybody. The Knicks and the Pacers, let's say they don't win, they're still a tough out. Like you could play the Knicks in the in uh, uh, in the Pacers in the first round. And they're going to take you to six, seven games, and they're going to wear you down thinking you just played 15 games. Yeah. And you go in a round two, and you got to play a Miami or a Philly, you're already, you are already you already felt like you played three rounds. So the Knicks are an extremely gruesome when it comes to exhausting you in the basketball ba- team. And let me tell you this, Matthew. The best is yet to come. Mitchell Robinson set to come back around. One of the better defensive big men in the NBA. Hopefully March, but uh, likely before the playoffs, sometime early April. And he was the best um, offensive rebounding big in the NBA. He was last year, and this year he was putting up Rodman. Literally, r- numbers only Rodman has put had put up in a, you know, to start a season. Um, absolutely incredible off the on the offensive glass. And defensively, I mean, he's very mobile, seven-foot big, can block three-point shots. Um, absolutely fantastic uh, and underrated uh, player overall. So I'm really excited for this team. Of course, you got Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Um, Julius, you know, he's still the he's still one of the most uh, aggravating good players in the league. Of course, you know, like when I told you he was all in second team all NBA, you're like, what the? Yeah, he pisses me. Because sometimes when you watch him, it's like hands in the air, like. Where are you going? Why would you he spit into it? Why, why did you all he does all game? Why did you complain about calls? He cries. He doesn't play defense. Which, He's yeah. a ball hog. That's he, one Julius. Oh. There's two Julius Randles. That's one Julius Randle. But when he plays well, which he has done okay, a lot fine. of stretches. Which one do you see more? He's smiling and he's uh, he's uh, his vibes are super high. So. Which Julius Randle do you see more, good or bad? Um, Recently, it's been good. Well, because you're winning. But eventually, Julius Randle will get frustrated with how good the Knicks in are April, playing. And in April, it's one, been bad. That score. In April, it's he's been be like, bad again. Yeah, a lot of negative vibes coming out of him. But yeah, um, thanks cool. for letting me give my Knicks spill. Riles, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it on the Knicks a little bit, right? Because um, I just oh, yeah, took a trip yeah. to uh, New York City um, with the School of Journalism, and 
in one of our free time, a little group of us went and... This is the eighth time I've heard about his trip to New York, by the way. <laughs> okay, that's just not true. That's just absolutely not true. I've literally never told I've heard about your trip you. from other people because you've told them 14 times. <laughs> that's just not true. In case, you guys, in case you guys missed it, Riley did go to New York. <laughs> I did go to New York. And he went to a basketball game. I went to a basketball game. Uh, I went to the Garden, uh, watched the Knicks play the Wizards. And you've been talking pretty highly about the Knicks, but that was probably their worst showing this month. They ended up with a win. It was so ugly, though. Yeah. It was so ugly. It came down to the yep. wire against the Wizards, and the yep. Wizards are not good. Marvin um, Bagley went off. Marvin Bagley, Marvin Bagley did have a great game. Got to watch uh, Jordan Poole and uh, Julius Randle just do some unserious, unserious stuff on the basketball court. You know that matchup was the box score. Just fascinating to watch. Um, Jordan Poole did end up uh, leading the team in uh, points, but as he probably should, because there's nobody else on that team. Um, but oh, Julius at 39, Brunson at 33. That game? No. Oh, oh, that was okay. That was their no, 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 no. Because I was just about to mention. Uh, yeah, Brunson had 41, 8, and 8. Just a masterful performance from Jalen Brunson. Uh, that was a lot of fun to watch, but yeah, that's all I just wanted to touch on that because a the garden is beautiful. Um, just such a sick venue, such a sick location. Very Uh, lucky, very lucky. lucky. Yeah, just I, I, I'm so happy I decided to go there and uh, watch that game because it ended up being a great game and uh, it's just such a cool place. What's what stuck out the most about Jalen Brunson? Jalen Brunson stuck out. (laughs) Jalen stood out the most. His hair. (laughs) 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 Talking about his game. He put the ball in the basket a lot. Man, I like he. He was doing everything. Um, he he was doing a whole lot that game. So a lot of credit to him. He's the reason, very very much the reason they won that game. Um, took a forty-one point performance from Jalen Brunson to beat the Wizards. Uh, so. Yep. Interesting, interesting game to watch, but uh, yeah, had to touch on that a little bit. Other things, uh, just just recently happened. Um, last night, Grizzlies beat the Heat. The Grizzlies seed team. Let's talk about these starters, right? Jaron Jackson Jr. Okay, who sucked by the way in that game? He did suck. <laughs> Probably his worst game of the season. He did suck in that game. Uh, he's had worse games, had but he was really games. bad in that game. Um, so yeah, that that's something to note. Jaron Jackson Jr. in the starting lineup sucked, though. Could have been a bench player. You wouldn't have even noticed. David Roddy, terrible. John Conchar was in the starting lineup for this game. Jacob Gilliard. And then the guys I want to talk about, Vince Williams Jr., Gigi Jackson, also Scotty Pippen Jr. Yeah, I was going to say Scotty was excellent. Yeah, great. That's signed him off the street, basically, and uh, instantly got some minutes because that's how depleted the Grizzlies are right now. Um, I've never seen an injury report so long. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever. It, I get the Grizzlies PR notification, and it just makes my day a little worse every time. Um, it's just ridiculous. But all Riley's days have sucked since he left New York. It's been it's been rough for for Grizzlies fans. That's why he talks about New York? <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm talking about New York. I don't want to think about anything. Else. Look, here's what I'll say about the game, okay? Because I know you, you you can't wait to gloat, and I'll beat you to it. First of all, congratulations. Okay, you, you get Thank a win. You. Um, this is this is what you're looking at right now is the worst the Heat have played all season. Uh, they're without what clearly seems to be their Lord and Savior and Jaime Hawkins Jr. And uh, Looks like I, I give you credit that the Heat yeah. did play a horrible basketball. 
The Heat played horrible basketball. I mean, there's there's nothing. I don't know. There's no other excuse to it. He they, he played horrible basketball. They did. They did. So congratulations to your Grizzlies. Um, yeah. So move on to your next time. I need that. So, yeah, just want to touch on Vince Williams Jr. Over the last six games, 18 points per game, 55% shooting. So just shout out uh, Vince Williams Jr. And one, one more thing on Vince Williams Jr. Oh, oh, his his contract's insane. He's get, he got signed an extension. He's getting paid no more than $2 million. Two point five million a year through twenty. Best contract I've ever seen. Not ever. Well, but that's not true. It was just because this is a guy that's going to contribute, even when the the Grizzlies get very like fully healthy. There's a great chance this guy's starting. There's a good chance if he's not starting, he is getting cut. You know, Thirty plus minutes a game. Cut. He's a great player. Um. Also want to touch on Gigi Jackson, uh, rookie for the Grizzlies. Man, he's exciting to watch. Youngest player in the league. Um, he's what, 19, 18, very, very young, uh, was the youngest player. He's younger than a lot of the guys that are coming in in this next draft class. That's how young Gigi Jackson is, uh, born in 2004. Make you feel, uh, a little bit, make you feel a little old. Um, Look, Gigi I know who you're talking about because he played against the heat last night and I obviously extremely follow the game of basketball. And this isn't an insult to the two people, the two gentlemen sitting across from me. It's really more to point out do you two know who this is yeah he's he south carolina okay. yeah yeah I, he was yeah. like 17 my point is he's nobody years old yeah he is well, quite literally nobody well, no, he was the third player in it third he player was in his drafted school. 45th he was the third player in his high school class and then reclassified came out a year early so he he was drafted that low only because he, he reclassified sucks. oh he is not. He, he look, does not. He didn't look stop. great at south he carolina sucks he, he, he was supposed to, he was supposed to be a lot better than he was his talent is more than what he was producing, and the Grizzlies took a gamble on that, and it is paying off right now. I am so happy that you are happy with your 45th pick. Needed to mention that. Love my 45th pick. They got to leave with something this year. Yeah, we need something. Please. Please, anything. <laughs> um, Also want to mention this Luka drama. What yeah, Luka I was going to talk about that. What Luka the, drama? What? You, know, you know exactly what we're talking about. The fan. Who cares? I, Who cares? I care because Luca's soft. I don't yep. like Luca. He's soft. He can be soft. Weakest, only weakest thing I've ever points seen. a game. Weakest thing I've ever seen. Oh my Weakest God. thing I have That's ever. It's not seen. relevant. He told it him. Is. He told him to get on the treadmill, and Luca kicked him out. Dude, yeah. weakest thing I've ever seen. Um, Luca, no longer like you. Luca, grow up. But you know, <laughs> at the same time, you know the. This guy scored thirty points a game. What? Why don't we talk about how good of a basketball player he's he a is? great basketball player? I and love Luca. I, and I, he would be so much better if he wasn't worried about fans telling him to get on the treadmill. And I just, I wish that, like, I, for me, I it really upsets me the whole kicking the fan out because there's been an increase in that with the NBA, and I'm all for it when it's hate speech and stuff that should not be said ever. But when it's for just like general trash talk and whatnot it really bothers me because this is why i love college oh. athletics so much because hostile environments are a huge thing they're fun they're great adds to the experience a ton and when you start saying oh you guys can't be hostile fans you have to you have to clap for the opposing team you have to it bothers me a lot because i think a home court advantage is what makes the sport great it's a huge part of it for me. Fans are huge. I have so much sympathy for you. I'm so, I'm so, I feel Why horrible that Luca <laughs> ruined your day. I'm just saying, I'm, I feel I'm horrible. Si I'm sick of 
the American style of pro sports where no one can ever talk any trash anymore. And it's just this sterile game. That's only for money. No one teams don't matter anymore. It's, I don't know, man. Huh. Luke is a weirdo. He's flopped. I'm not disagreeing with you, but it's like, okay. That's worth, that's worth talking about. Yeah. It's, How is that not worth talking about? That fan should never been kicked out. 75% of the best. That is someone's hard earned money that they spent on an NBA game. That guy was a Suns fan and they, they were in Dallas, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he flies out to Dallas, wants to see his favorite team. He talks a little bit of trash. All of a sudden he gets kicked out. He's out probably like he could be near a grand with where he was sitting, plus hotel, plus flight. Like that's ridiculous. Luke is a weirdo. And to that point, talk about the young faces of the league. Who do who do you guys because I this conversation I got into a conversation with mm-hmm. uh with a good friend, BG. We was watching the uh Grizzlies and we were watching the Grizzlies and Timberwolves game while we were in New York and um on the little hotel TV. And uh, we got talking about, like, even though Grizzlies fans typically do not like the Timberwolves, we enjoy watching Ant regardless. And that oh, yeah. and that is a sign that somebody is going to be or is already a young face of the league. So who are you? Who do like? So, who are some guys that you guys would consider so young faces? Here's of the my league? bold state. Here's my second bold statement of the day. And I'm going to save this for my oh, Lord. I have it written down here. At one point in time, in the next three or four seasons, Anthony Edwards could be the best player in the NBA. Yeah. That's not he that could guy, be yeah, the not that best player in the NBA. But I'll tell you who would be better. He Shea is, in my opinion, Alexander. top 10 right now. Yeah, Shea also could be. Shea is very good. But Anthony Edwards is the closest thing we've seen to Dwayne Wade. I think it's those Shea's two Shea's not a great ja. defender. I think it's those two and Ja. Those are your but three. He's a defender, but he leaves the league of steals. Pete Rose will never he get into the Hall of Fame because he had drug issues. Jaw will never be considered number one because he's got behavioral issues. You know, it's like there's an asterisk he next to his behavior. This is a little crazy. No, Jaw. Oh, like you know, there's a, there's an asterisk next to his that name, and there always matter. will be. It that does. That he's because that, he that doesn't his take away from the time fact. and time no, again. No, that doesn't take away from the fact that he is an exciting player to watch. Oh, that's what no one's more that, exciting to that's watch. That's what I'm talking about. Moran. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's the only reason why I would go to him. As long as he has like a clean season. They're gonna start sweeping things under the rug. Everybody's gonna forget about it. Like All that, right. that's what I'm saying. But love nothing more because Jaws is box to. office since LeBron James. He just yes. gotta, you know, stick to basketball. And he was doing that before he tore his labor. But to answer your question, absolutely Shea Gilgis Alexander. Someone we haven't mentioned um on this pod yet, but I mean, we were talking about Joel MV being MVP. He's not maybe not right there with him, but pretty close with him. Just the fact that Thunder are the one seed. He is putting up over 30 a game, um, also leading the league in steals. And um, it's the norm now because he did that same thing last year, but the team wasn't as good. It's, a, it's an interesting question for me because uh, I, it's difficult for me to not think of the faces of the NBA currently being like Steph, LeBron, and all those guys still when it's already moved on to guys like Jokic and Tatum when – for me, that feels like the younger generation. Now, you really want to pick Walker Kessler, don't you? No, I don't. <laughs> He's been bad lately. He Have you seen Chris Dunn's defense? Um, I wish I wish I could pick a Jazz man, but I there's there's no one to pick. Maybe if like Keontae George yeah. lights it up all of a sudden. Maybe Taylor Hendricks. Yeah, if if That's we're lucky. If we're lucky, but um, yeah, I mean, Ant is the only one that truly comes to mind for me as a true face of the league, not just someone who. 
is exciting and brings people to the games, but someone who represents the league on a greater level and is talked about in the same kind of way that players like Steph are, I'm not going to say LeBron cause that's different, but you know, Steph right, talked yeah. on that high level. Right, right, It's right. very, very different. I, there's a lot to like about the way the NBA is trending. Um, but by the way, that was Don who made those noises just then. That, that crack, that was that was him. That was not. Yeah, me. he just moved his legs a little bit. <laughs> yeah. um, they like, are but, lying on my good name. There's a lot to like about where the NBA is going. I I I do agree with you that I think it sucks that you know we're kind of at the point where we're shying away from the Stephs, LeBrons, and KDs. But that's just the way the the game is trending. And they've stood around for so long. They're like what. Brian's 39 now. Yeah. Um, the, Steph's 36. The extension of Brian's has been really interesting mm-hmm. because yeah. players, the longevity is the best it's ever been by a long oh, shot, yeah. which is why we're still talking about those guys, which is honestly incredible because for a while it was like a guy turns 30. All right, let's let's calm down. He's he's going out of the league yeah. pretty soon. But, but now, I mean. The fact is, yeah. it's very likely we won't see KD, Steph, or LeBron in the second round of the playoffs. That's tough to hear, man. Is, yeah. I can't wait to see the stat on that. Like since, last time since, shoot, like oh seven or something. Tom, do you have any more on open the floor? Floor is open. No, because uh, Riley took mine. I'm okay. I'm very passionate about. You fans. wanted the last. Here we go. Rod, you got it. Um, I'm gonna give a few bullet points and then my biggest point. Sixers. I said at the beginning of the season that I think they're the best team in the NBA. Especially, I said it after they made the trade. I shouldn't say beginning of the season. After they made the trade uh, and traded away James Harden, I said they're the most complete team in the NBA, and they're my pick to win the NBA championship if they're completely healthy. I want to reassure that and make sure everybody knows I stand by that because I went on ESPN's first take the other day, and Stephen A. Smith said the same thing. Oh, I and, thought you like went on there to talk. No, no <laughs> I, I, was not, I was not off. I was not a panelist on ESPN. <laughs> Um, Shannon Sharp agreed with Stephen A. Smith, and my first reaction was, "People are starting to see what I'm seeing. People are starting to see that this is a different team. It's coached by a different coach, um, and that Joel Embiid's a player we have not seen yet. Um, he is with the numbers he's putting up. Yeah, I don't think a lot so. Of they have realize. a really good opportunity to be championship contenders and be champions at the end of the season. Yeah, people don't realize how Embiid's gotten better. I also want to add unfathomable. I also want to add." Lowry is going to be on the buyout market. Yeah. Lowry is from Philly. Lowry was the second place, the second place he was going to go in the trade from Toronto before he signed with Miami in that offseason was Philadelphia. If Philly is smart, they would pick up Lowry. They should not make any moves to the deadline. They're a complete team by itself, but they should pick up Lowry. Uh, I think they should get Bruce Brown. But... Yeah, but it would require them to give up more than they should. The Heat. I don't think they're done making a trade. I think Caleb Martin is on the trade block, um, primarily because he's on a great contract. At the end of the season, he's got a player option. He will probably decline, and the Heat don't want to go into the second apron, so they will probably trade him because at the end of the season, they primarily, most likely, will not be able to keep him, so they're going to trade him while they can. Lastly, I said at the beginning of the year when we did our predictions, which, by the way, I think next episode we should relook at, our NBA award predictions, see where we are now that we're midway through the season. Got you. Yep. Um, I said that Cam Whitmore was going to win rookie of the year. I said Cam Whitmore was going to win rookie of the year because 
For one, I love his game. I thought he had the most NBA-ready body, um, and he was summer league MVP. He looks like Jalen Brown. Cam Whitmore does not play a lot of basketball. He plays for the Wizards. He does not play a, a, a lot of minutes, certainly as much as he should. I was curious. I looked up the numbers. You okay. said he played for the Wizards. He plays for the Rockets, by the way. I said Wizards? Yeah, I'm just, uh, excuse I'm just me, saying that, but not for you. But I meant Rockets. Excuse me. He plays for the Rockets. Both teams suck regardless. Um, He averages about 15 minutes a game. Not a lot, but he averages 15 minutes a game. He averages 9.4 points on 48.3% shooting, 38 from three, 3.2 rebounds. Why is that important? If you look at the numbers... You look at the per thirties uh, yeah, per yeah, thirty six, <laughs> meaning if he plays thirty six minutes, Cam Whitmore would average twenty two points a game and seven and a half rebounds. For reference, that is better than Chet Holmgren, who's at twenty point four per thirty six points a game, and Jaime Hawkins Jr., who's third place in Rookie of the Year voting, at sixteen point seven. For the person who's in first place, Wembenyama. He would average 25.8. So now, again, these are players that already play between 30 to 34 minutes. So it's not a big difference in stats, but Cam Whitmore is right there with the best of them. Yeah. For reference again, per 36, Cam Whitmore is better statistically this year than Bam Adebayo, DeMar DeRozan, Scotty Barnes, James Harden, and Jordan Poole. That's how good he is. And nobody would know it because he plays 15 minutes a game and he plays on the Houston Rockets who never get seen. So I just wanted to put that out there because I picked him. Now, obviously, he's not going to win rookie of the year. But I stand by my pick that he is and could be the best rookie in that draft class. It's an absolute crime he fell to 20. I mean, Lakers took Jalen Hood Shafino, I think, at pick 19, you know, right before him. Absolutely ridiculous. Um Y'all think anything particular about Cam Whitmore's game? Because he's not going to win Rookie of the Year, but he says he's going to be the best rookie in this class. I mean, hard to say that, honestly. I think he could be. I don't think he will, but I think, I think he'll be. I think he'll be there. damn well could be. Yeah. yeah, for me, draft night watching him ball was crazy. Like he was one that I, I was expecting to go. Top maybe, 10. yeah, maybe top ten, and he just kept. And he comes from a great program. You come from exactly. Villanova. Like You're telling me, yeah, we got all the Villanova boys. He just keeps Actually. falling down. I I was my mind was blown and when the Rockets finally did take him, I was like, This is this is probably the steal of the draft. Yeah. So again, if we're looking at stats per thirty six, if every rookie played thirty six minutes, Cam Whitmore would probably be second in rookie of the year voting right now. Because he'd average more than Chet. He averaged more than Jaime. He averaged more than Brandon Miller, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But, you know, he's not, and he's not on a winning team, but still a great player. Um, well, anything, anything? My dog was a cat. My dog would be a cat. It's kind of how I'm looking at it. Tell him, dog. We can't, I mean, we can't just throw out these numbers and say, this is I'm what sh- they would I'm just floored that he doesn't play. Yeah, it, it, is, it is bizarre. On a team that sucks? Yeah. So paid so it much is money to I won't lead in. I'm floored. Him and Asar Thompson. Or there's there's no reason he shouldn't be getting minutes. And right it's now. not like he has weaknesses. 
He's a two-way player. Maybe. He's a great defender. He can take you off the dribble. He's great catch and shoot. He can go to the rim. He can stop and pop the mid-range. He can shoot to three. There's nothing the kid can't do. He's just young and immature. The biggest problem he fell to 20 was because he had a, a possible injury issue. But, like, I don't understand that on a team like the Rockets, who primarily likes to play Jalen Green, which, again, <laughs> at that position, it, it makes Jaylen sense. Green. And who else? Who else is young is on that team? I mean, they paid Dylan Brooks that money. I mean, Dylan Brooks, Lee at the one. Right. Um, There's not much room for him to play. Yeah. But they're not Rockets. You're not going to win anyways. So I don't see the point in not planking. Yeah. It's just I guess he may have maybe they think they lose that to compete. Doka sucks. Yeah. You know, maybe they think they lose more games with the roster they're currently starting, (laughs) and so maybe they're just trying to. More Deshaun get Deacon. better players. Uh, look, look at the history. Who sucks as a coach? Okay, Doc Rivers coaches Celtics. Yep, he sucks. Joe Mazzulla coaches the Celtics. Oh, yep, he sucks. Ime Udoka. Yep. Oh, what happened to Brad Stevens? Moved to the front office. He couldn't handle it anymore. Celtics coaches suck. I'm yeah, done for the yeah, day. Doka's a good coach. <laughs> Matthew's done for the day. I have a class in 13 minutes, so that's gonna do it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, bro. 5:40 p.m. That's gonna do it for us here. The Fast Bake Podcast for me, Justin Klemmer, uh, Dominic Throngard, Riley Halton, and Matthew Selitsky. Thank you for joining us, and we will be back next week. Thanks.